Jesus said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Let us pray together. Most merciful God, your blessed Son, our Savior, was betrayed, whipped, and his face spat upon. Grant us grace to endure the sufferings of the present time, to overcome all that seeks to overwhelm us, confident of the glory that shall yet be revealed through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Please stand and sing. share with you some words from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, uh, where Paul is telling the church some directives about the Lord's Supper, and then he, he comes and kind of gives this uh, last little summation. And he reminds them these words found in verse 23. I received from the Lord what I've passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, 
This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And so then Paul says to the church, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we, we always have mixed emotions when we come to this week. We start out triumphant and then we know we have to go through this awful night and this awful day tomorrow. And I can't imagine how it must have been before people knew of the resurrection, how these days must have been. Lord, help us to, to contemplate and think about this and think about how our Lord suffered and died for us and God raised him from the dead. And because of that, we have the hope of life everlasting. We pray that the Holy Spirit would guide us now. Amen. As I mentioned, it is awfully hard to believe uh, today to get the sense of what this must have been like uh, for the Lord. And even if you make a trip, and hopefully some of us will, to the Holy Land, as I have already, it's difficult even there sometimes to get the sense of this. Um, the upper room, the Mount of Olives, is now, of course, part of a, of a city. It is hard to imagine. And so it's, it's hard, I think, when we come to this night to know this night in sadness and sorrow and pain and suffering because ever since the resurrection, this most blessed mystery we call the Holy Communion has been a special experience in worship. And, and yet the first one, the first Last Supper, the first communion experience was just a prelude to what everyone knew, what everyone was experiencing. And that was the soon arrest of Jesus. And in those days, if you got arrested, that was the end of things for you. And so it's good, I think, for us just to remember a few things. To remember that after he was arrested, it was night and he was held in a pit overnight. He was brought before Pilate the next morning. So tonight, after the Last Supper, he was arrested and imprisoned overnight in a pit. You can visit that pit. He was brought before the soldiers. The soldiers whipped him till he bled. They forced a crown of thorns upon his head. And then we know that on Friday he was forced to carry his own cross up a hill where he was laid on the cross and nails, they're really more like spikes, were put into his hands and feet 
and he was hung there until he became delirious with thirst. And he even said from the cross in the midst of all that, forgive them for they know not what they do. I th I th I, so I have to say every Holy Thursday, forgive all those who don't come and think about this. They don't know what they're doing. When he died, the soldiers pierced his side with a lance to make sure he was dead. Now that's what happened to our Lord. Most of us are familiar with that. But do you ever think about what happened to the apostles? Those that, that followed him. Well, now, of course, we know what happened to Judas, right? Judas went out, realized what he had done, and hung himself. But do you know about the others? Let me tell you what we know from tradition. Uh, Matthias was crucified too. Andrew was crucified also. But they weren't crucified on the same kind of cross. They were crucified on an X. Peter was also crucified, but he wanted the cross turned upside down. He didn't feel worthy enough to be crucified right side up. Philip was crucified. Simon and Jude suffered and were killed on the missionary field in Persia. James the Greater was beheaded in Jerusalem. And the Apostle Paul was beheaded in Rome. Matthew was run through with a sword. So was Thomas, the one we call Doubting. James the Lesser was thrown off the pinnacle of the Temple Mount, but it did not kill him. So they stoned him and clubbed him till he died. Bartholomew was skinned alive. John, the one that the scripture often says, the disciple that Jesus loved, John was boiled in oil, but that did not kill him. And he's the only one who survived and died a natural death, but he was in exile, imprisoned on an island when that happened. The wine called blood that Jesus poured out at the Last Supper, it seems was only the beginning of the blood that would be poured out by those who followed Christ, both men and women, for many centuries before Christianity finally took hold as the state religion, laid down their lives, laid down their lives just simply to believe and to participate in such practices as what we're participating in tonight. And what is so often forgotten by us believers today is that in various places, in Africa, in Asia, and the Middle East, people still die for their faith. They still die for their faith in the body and blood of Christ. And yet their belief is so strong 
in having communion with the Lord and having faith in the Lord that they still continue to witness to their faith. And somehow or another, they find strength. They find strength in this martyrdom. You know, uh, martyrs in our time are often seen as being maybe a little foolish. But there's one thing that's common by all martyrs, and that is that they believe that death cannot separate them from God, which is really something we all believe. And in fact, all our deaths eventually draw us closer to God and into the embrace of God. If we could have shared in the Last Supper, or if we could have shared with any of these martyrs of the faith during those first three centuries, or if we could share with any of the martyrs of the faith today in other parts of the world, I'm sure, I'm sure we'd be inspired. We'd be inspired by their faith. And we would see, I believe, that as even as faithful as we think we are, our faithfulness pales in comparison to their faith. I hope and pray that people will find their way into our community. And when they find their way into our community, I hope that they'll find that kind of faith. And I especially hope they'll find that kind of love. Because just like it was love that is incomparable, that laid down his life for us, it's that same type of love that people lay down their life even today. I hope that people who enter into our faith, people who are already in our faith, will find within the bread and wine that within the communion, within the reenactment of the Last Supper, every time we do it, that they'll find new feelings and emphasis of the love of Christ Jesus for us. And they will find new and important ways to serve each other and to serve the Lord. There is a contrast, I believe, between those who are ready to shed their blood for the privilege of sharing the bread and the cup. And people who ignore completely the faith or people who come and only do faith with a veneer, people who maybe come and who sit but don't really participate who don't really find themselves in communion with the Holy Spirit, who might not even sing or share in the cup of blood that was shed for them. I have served for almost 20 years, and I've yet to be at a church where there wasn't always somebody, not knowing necessarily that they were seen, but who walked in the door, saw the communion table set, and turned around and walked off. I have never understood that. 
Our ancestors died a horrible death for this communion and we take it for granted. I would hope that you who participate this night will never take it for granted. And I hope you would remember the basic thing and that is Christ broken for me. Christ broken for you. Christ broken for the world. That is the message of tonight. And in my opinion, it's the most powerful message we could ever share with anyone else. I have believed that the most hardened heart can be melted with the understanding of the love that God poured out for us in Christ Jesus. And someday I hope that more people will come to understand and believe and have that faith. Amen. I direct you to the liturgy that's in your bulletin. I will remind you as I prepare the table that our table is open to all, that there's gluten-free wafers for those who need them on the chancel rail, and would you please follow the instructions of the ushers at the proper time. Let us draw near to God and confess our sin in the truth of God's spirit. Merciful God, we, your church, confess that often our spirit has not been that of Christ. Where we have failed to love one another as he loves us, where we have pledged loyalty to him with our lips and then betrayed, deserted, or denied him. Forgive us, we pray. And by your spirit, make us faithful in every time of trial. Let us offer prayers of confession in silence. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. But Christ suffered and died for us, was raised from the dead and ascended on high for us, and continues to intercede for us. Believe the good news. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. From the earth you bring forth bread and create the fruit of the vine. You formed us in your image. 
You delivered us from captivity and made covenant to be our sovereign God. You fed us manna in the wilderness, gave grapes as evidence of the promised land. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. When we had turned aside from your way and abused your gifts, you gave us in him your crowning gift, emptying himself that our joy might be full. He fed the hungry, healed the sick, ate with the scorned and forgotten, washed his disciples' feet, and gave a holy meal as a pledge of his abiding presence. And by the baptism of his suffering, death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. You delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you. He gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. And by your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Let us be bold to pray as children of God, the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Adam, if you would come up to assist me.
and if the ushers would uh, direct people to the chancel rail.
Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for this mystery in which you give yourself to us. May we go in the strength of that same spirit to give ourselves to others and to service to this world in your behalf. We pray in your name. Amen. Receiving the bread and the cup, 
During the Last Supper in the upper room, they left. And Mark 14 describes this. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Friends, please exit quietly as you contemplate this night for our Lord and the sadness of tomorrow. Amen. Thank you.